0: Welcome to Executive Tools, the executive communication trap. This cast answers these questions. What is the executive communication trap? How can I overcome the trap? How do effective executives communicate? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening, here we go. Well, Mark, I I think we've both been in this situation, right? You're not an executive, you become an executive, and your inbound communications Explode, <laughs> explode, <laughs> and it, and um, it feels at first that it is impossible
1: to keep up. Yeah, and so you try to keep up, right? That's you know, you. I've got a new role. I got new power. I got to be a good leader, an example setter.
0: Oh, I was well known for sending emails at to my yeah. my directs at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning because that's how I dealt with it. Went home. Yeah, had dinner with the family, and then I got an ended email for hours every evening. Uh, yeah. I wish I had known you then. You might've suggested there was a better
1: way, but. Yeah, a better
0: way. I get ahead of myself here.
1: Well, the problem is, is that people start thinking, I just gotta catch up. And that's the trap, right? Right, right. Yeah, been there, done that. And this is actually the beginning of a series of casts. will it'll be spread out over time talking about executive communications. The next one, which we'll mention in this guidance is having a communications plan. And I just don't think, managers just don't think that way. And there's just so much to be done on top of everything else. Your workload explodes, which we'll talk about. So we've got an outline, three things. We're going to define the executive communication trap. We're then going to spend a minute talking about how leaders communicate, and really only at the surface. There's so much more to to say about communication. I just really wanted to address the trap, I didn't want to make this a five-part series, which I can mm-hmm. easily do. You know me in talking about communication. If you've over-communicated, you're halfway there. And then we're going to give two solutions. First, the initial response, which is rigorous email management, uh, to your point earlier. And then the ultimate solution is outbound comms. And managers or executives just don't realize this, that you, you have to switch from Responding to being proactive and being that's right. and thinking about your outbound comms, you have to lead by communicating. In fact, leadership is enormously so about communicating. And if all you're doing is responding to email, that's not leadership communications, right?
0: Yeah, I know you've told me a couple times that, uh, dude,
1: can't read your mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? You say that we've been doing this i mean what 18 years i just looked over my shoulder somebody asked me i was recording a i'm sorry i was presenting a delegation session for a virtual effective manager conference and i presented yesterday to the same group it was a public conference four-part zoom virtual session and my door was closed in my office and on the door as you well know is a framed page from the wall street journal of the day that we were covered in the wall street journal And somebody said, hey, your door was open yesterday, but it was closed today. I see something on the wall. It looks like a Wall Street Journal thing. He says, why that particular page? I said, well, on the other door, there's the page from 912, 2001 which says terrorists destroy World Trade Center, hit Pentagon and raid with hijacked jets. And what is known in the newspaper business as uh, the second coming type, very big. (laughs) And I said, yeah, that's actually the Wall Street Journal article of the coverage of manager tools and it was six years ago and that was after we'd already been working for 10 12 years uh so we've been doing this a very long time and in that regard sometimes i think you and i can't read each other's minds as executives we probably shouldn't require people to do that as probably, a communication strategy yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so okay
0: more communication is better i've heard that a few times yeah so. yeah a
1: billion yeah that one's good
0: all right so let's let's talk about the trap itself because this is this is an easy one to fall
1: into and the solution is fairly simple as well yeah to me this is one of those s-curve switches you have to make between manager and executive you're a manager and so you're trying to keep up you're trying to keep up trying to keep up then you get more of it and so you try to keep up even more and that's not the answer basically we managers have spent so long trying to manage our email we've come to mistakenly believe that our job is just to keep up We all complain about it. It's a total humble brag. And we just try to achieve the minimum of of seeing mail and checking mail. You know you're doomed, folks, when you're both constantly looking at your mail and then marking many of them as unread to return to, quote, later, as if you'll have time later. When we'll have more time. Yeah. (laughs) And we almost (laughs) never do, right? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work because we all complain about it. But here's the thing, that's what you learn as a manager, that keeping up thing. But when you become an executive, like you said, your inbound communications are going to explode. They're going to double. In addition to a larger organization to run, which means more people, and as I tell people all the time, it's not the number of people, it's the number of relationships between the people. And if you know Metcalf's law, the whole reason why a large, robust fax machine network is better than only one fax machine—it's the relationships, the the connections between all those that really matter in human organizations. So you've got more reports to review, you've got adjudications to address. People won't make decisions. Uh, decisions were being asked for. We also start getting a new type of communications based on our role as a leader across the entire organization. Most people forget that. As an executive you're at the top of a little internal pyramid right you're maybe a vp and you've got senior directors and directors and senior managers and managers and so on but you're also now one of the people responsible for the husbandry of the entire organization not just your suborg but the entire corporation or the entire the entire federal department or whatever it might be notices invites updates upon updates upon updates, requests for meeting, requests for guidance, requests for decisions and decisions better made at lower levels, but they're asking you to make the decision because that way they don't have any responsibility for the decision because they fear that responsibility. Requests for collaboration, requests for cross-corporate meetings, which are the bane of every executive's existence, but necessary. Yeah. Good luck getting, r- getting rid of those. Yeah. Prep for corporate meetings. You've got an executive operating mechanism for the leadership, and they have a series of important corporate-wide meetings that you're probably going to go to about people and operations and strategy and finance and PL and and so on. You've got initiatives that you've got to sponsor that you're told you're going to sponsor them as one of the executives, not as a leader of your subord, but as an executive. You've got opportunities to speak and to visit with people and to be on panels and on and on and on. And the executive communication trap, we're gonna define it here now, guys, is becoming captive to your inbound communications and then therefore failing to lead by not communicating properly. It is not enough. It is not proper simply to keep up with your inbound comms. And inexperienced executives, I essentially already said this before differently, but I'm talking to you managers who've recently become executives. What we do is we simply transfer our existing Communication handling protocols, if you want to get all fancy, to our new role. We simply try again to keep up. And we see this all the time. People tell us, oh my gosh, I didn't realize what I was in for in my role. And there's an outcome of that that most new executives don't realize. But if they'll think back a little bit, they've seen it before. Somebody gets a promotion. Well, of course, now it's you, (laughs) and it seems like they just disappear. And then, of course, we talk bad about him. Oh, you know, yeah, he's too good for us now, right? Uh, he's, he's hobnobbing with the hoi polloi, and we're just the bourgeoisie down here. And there are several reasons for this, but one of them is communication. As we've said many times, particularly to managers who have not yet learned to delegate and are just waiting for a train wreck if they ever get lucky enough not having learned how to delegate to get enough responsibility, they become an executive, and then they crash and burn. When you become an executive, the first thing that happens to you, without you even realize it, it's all very stealthy, your workload triples.
0: Yeah. Nobody Roughly. told you that when they gave you the yeah, promotion no,
1: yeah. they? <laughs> right. And by the way, your pay won't triple. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? Exactly.
1: Obviously, you have more regular work because your organization is bigger, you're new. And again, your executive responsibilities, those related to the entire organization, not just your portion of it, are just added right on top of all of that. And they assume you're going to be able to handle it. Then it's made worse that tripling of the workload, because your executive responsibilities eat up roughly a third of your calendar. A third. We studied this, by the way, because I tried to figure out, this is 1997. I was trying to figure out why so many newish executives were struggling so badly, and I was being asked to coach a bunch of them. And secretly, I admit it, I had been coaching some very senior people, a couple of them been promoted to CEO, one I continued to coach when he was a CEO. And then suddenly I get all these calls for these lower guys, and I kind of thought, ooh, I upset the CEO. He doesn't want me coaching at his level. He wants me coaching at lower levels. And I, I mentioned it to one of the EVPs, and they said, no, 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 no. There are 50 of these guys. There's only one of him. We need help with all 50 of these people. Yeah. And I decided to do the math and said, well, I'll probably be able to charge less for these newer executives, but if there are 50 of them, it's going to work out in my favor in the long run to to the favor of horsemen & Company. And the favor of them as well, because it's yeah. average, uh, right? Yeah. So they take away a 30-year calendar. You've got cross-organizational meetings you got to attend. You've got quarterly people reviews, quarterly strategy reviews, quarterly financial reviews, profit and loss reporting meetings, forecasting discussions that include many of your peers, which are a form of a steel cage death match, by the way. And you might think you can avoid these because you have to run your own organization, but you cannot. You're an executive now. You're a representative of the entire firm, and these are the mechanisms that allows the firm to knit its executive team together, even if that team is 500 people, if it's a really big company. These meetings are part of the executive operating mechanisms of your firm, and and you're not given a choice. What's more, you wouldn't want to, even though you're thinking, I just got to get caught up with my email. You need those meetings. You've got to go. It's a good idea to go. And the reason is because your fellow executives will be in those meetings. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, I got to run my own org, too. If I don't bring in results, I'm not going to have an executive title to keep with me. You're right. And so, you're going to have to learn how to do two things at once, not that it's going to be multitasking. It's important because despite your increased role power, as an executive, a great deal of your initiatives and programs will require cross-organizational support. And as we've shared in our previous executive tools guidance called Ditch the Ladder, which by the way, we just went to the M conference a couple of weeks ago, several people came up to me and said that was their favorite. There were others that were my favorite, but Ditch the Ladder was the one that they said yes. Yes. I was still thinking about the latter. I was still thinking about my boss's job, and I'm a VP, and I realized, no, it's, it's much more about influence as opposed to role power. And look, how many times have we said this over the last 20 years? When you look up at the top of your organization, if you're a manager, what you call politics, those executives call collaboration. We've also made the point that politics, in, in the previous quote, are nothing more than relationship effects. And folks, it should say something to all of us who are managers, that those who make it to the top, to executive level, are believed to have the necessary relationship building skills to survive in the executive world. Which again, is much less like a series of ladders, ditch the ladder, and much more like a cloud or a fog with a lot less objectivity, a lot less linearity, and a lot more recursiveness and much more subjectivity. So now, think about this. You've got three times the work and only two-thirds the time. If you do the math, that translates into a feeling of a nearly 5x increase in your work and calendar stress, the ultimate issue, which is time and work and making those things work for you. Basically, that's a death sentence to your ability to lead your organization. This means you will definitely not be able to keep up with your communications responsibility if you just carry your managerial approach into this new executive role. If all you're doing is keeping up, and hopefully you've made the case that you won't be able to, you're only responding. And that's not leading. And you might think, I'm getting better, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. And you feel like you're making progress, but you're making progress in the wrong way. You're trying to achieve efficiency when the only thing that matters in executive life is effectiveness. So the question becomes, how do leaders communicate? And again, please don't write me and Mike Actually, feel free to write mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, don't write us and say, ah, oh, you have a bullet and a cast in executive tools called How Leaders Communicate. And, you know, I'm not a great communicator and I would like to know that. And you only talk about it for five minutes. Well, we could talk about it for days and days and days. And there's going to be a whole series of this in the next five, 10 years.
0: Right. Probably the place to start, though, is communicating proactively, right?
1: Yes, that'd be good. Yes, that's the that's what leaders do. They don't respond. We can't stress this enough. We have to stop. If we're going to be executives, we're going to call ourselves executives, if we're going to earn the title. We have to stop responding and start leading with our communications. It is not enough to keep up.
0: Yeah, the keeping up is just is completely passive, right? Which is yes. the opposite of leading.
1: Actually, you, you remember years ago, I think it might have been in the Army. It certainly happened to me at Procter Gamble where we went to some classes about how you can be effective and so on. And you read self-help books. This is 30 years ago. And there was a thing about A tasks and B tasks and C tasks. Right. And one of the things they said about C tasks is they're fairly easy to do. They're fairly low value. But many people are drawn to them because they get that little jolt of, I did that, I did that, I did that, Absolutely. I did that, I did that, I did you get that. get to cross that off my list. Yeah, exactly. While the A thing is growing bigger and thornier
0: and miserable. Or I picked up the, the bacon at the store. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Oh, I failed to communicate our
0: strategic plan for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm in there. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like, you're, yellow, you're good. Yellow peanuts, M&Ms. M&Ms. That's exactly <laughs> the sun. what it is, right?
1: Yeah. If you're feeling like you are keeping up, that's a sign that you're not there yet. Cause again, you're playing on the wrong track in the wrong field. You're playing baseball in a basketball court. You can get there, but it's going to take a changed mindset for you to do it. Rather than just responding to other people's inputs, which is essentially what email basically says to you, I don't know anybody. i give you this is a perfect way I described it to somebody a few months ago. When you do email, what do you do? Well, I open up my email and I start looking at my email. Exactly. Literally, the entire thing is about responding. I never
0: thought about this and therefore have never done it. But it'd be really interesting to analyze leaders' emails and find out the percentage across the spectrum from individual contributors to the senior, most senior executives, how many emails they initiate versus respond to, right? It'd be an oh, measure. I, and yeah. I, I would assume that executives initiate more emails than individual contributors, but I don't know,
1: but interesting. And there are people who think that the way to handle their career is just send out a lot of emails as a way of deflecting and saying, Mm. uh, asking other people's questions rather than getting their own work done. Rather than just responding to other people's inputs, leaders set the agenda of the organization they own through their own communications. What the point I was making earlier is Everyone starts by looking at what's in the inbox. I've never talked to anybody. I, I know a couple of people who do this and I learned it from them. When you start doing mail, the first thing you do is send the mails you thought about sending. Right, right. Holy moly. You don't just give your priority over to whatever's at the top of your inbox.
0: Right. Some random
1: spam which is a whole mail, right? <laughs> Drive yeah. your priorities. Yeah. Leaders communicate. They talk about things in meetings, they send out mails, they give presentations, they send Slack messages, they create internal memos for their management team to echo in their briefings. They provide the content for others to talk about, for others to leverage. Leaders, executives, communicate to their directs, relying on those managers to know that their managers are not communicated to, they are communicated through. Another one of our famous quotes for years and years and years. Effective executives not only tell their managers what the priorities are, they encourage the managers in their organization to carry the water. They tell their managers, don't just forward announcements and emails and documents. Don't just forward them with an FYI. That's not enough, guys. Leaders must hold managers accountable for determining the meaning of the leader's comms relative to that manager, and then add the leaders, add to the leader's message the context and the meaning for their particular team. Instead of saying FYI, the manager should start every note that comes to him or her from the executive with, hey, guys, just got this. This is what this means for us, and here's what we're going to do about it. And leaders do something else. They repeat their messages ad nauseum. As the manager tool saying goes, if you say something seven times, half of your organization would say they only heard it once. And I always get asked this, Mike, I assumed everybody understood the the other side of the humor, this sort of, mm, I tried to make it sort of sharp humor there. The other half didn't hear it at all. I get, asked, I get asked once every few months when I'm in the field, they say, hey, when you say, you say something sometimes half your organization will say they only hear it once. Does that mean everybody else heard it seven times? No, <laughs> it means only half. I should say only half hears it say, will say they heard it once. Why? Because they're deluged with communications and your message is not getting through with enough pop. And so they don't hear it and you have to just beat them over the head with it. That's why when people go out and campaign, uh, politicians on the stump, they say the same speech over and over and over again. They give the same speech two or three times in the same town, even if there are some similar people in each one, because they want to you know, it's like Winston Churchill said, when you decide what you want to say, say it, say it again, say it a third time, hit it with a great big whack, and then say it again. And we use that ad nauseum purposefully there, because you'll know your organization understands your message and your mission in your communication when they tell you they are sick of hearing about it. That's the standard. Make them sick of it. Yeah, yeah, we know. Blah la 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 la. That's right. La, 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 la. Yeah. Good, and the point they it.
0: they can, They can say it to yeah. you just like you said it to them, right? That's yeah. Like, okay, you got it.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. And I'll keep and, saying and it. And by the way, yeah, by the way, all you did was just reinforce my plan seven yeah. times, eight times, nine times. The easiest way for executives to do this, of course, to become proactive, to own their own destiny, to decide what they wanna talk about and then talk about it and make time for it, the best way to do this is have a communications plan which we've mentioned many times in our guidance over the years. And we're going to lay out probably in our next cast in this series, a sample communications plan with explications in, in virtually every part of it. So you can get some sense of the relative layers of executive communications and the media and the frequency and so on. And it can't just be email. It's got to be everything. It's got to be verbal. It's got to be instant messaging, the whole thing. One more thing about executive or leader communications. Leader communications, and this is going to be hard for a bunch of our listeners, leadership communications are ultimately all about persuasion. Not just tactically responding, not giving guidance, not giving directives, not just keeping up, but persuading, convincing other people that you're right so that they can commit to the direction you're asking them to go in. And folks, persuasion is not like responding to email. It requires time. It requires preparation. And it also requires relationships because you're not going to be able to persuade people that you don't have a relationship with. And you're not going to have time to grow your relationships if all you're doing is sitting there passively responding to a bunch of email. Yeah. So again, more on executive communications as we proceed in the next five years.
0: Okay. So what's the solution, initial response to... All this, yeah.
1: Well, we're going to give a nod to all those managers in the manager tools community who become executives. We were just at the M conference two weeks ago, I think, in Chicago. Yeah, our big annual event. That was so out. awesome. So, so, so good. So, we good. already have people signed up for 2023. And the Monday afterwards, Ron Long, who's a longtime client of ours at Premier Truck Group, who is the EVP of Sales for three billion dollar national organization texted me and said, hey, do you have a minute this morning? You know, when a guy like Ron, Ron, Ron Long says, hey, you got a minute? I'm like, sure. What do you need? And he's a client. He's a friend of ours and so on. And um, he includes an attachment, which I can't read. It's in, I don't know, whatever, Microsoft, Microsoft OneDrive or something, which I don't have access to. So then he sends me a picture of it from his phone. And it says, Ron Long repo- Ron Long promoted a CEO of Premier truck group. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like yeah. So I yeah. told him I said yeah, I definitely have a minute for you. We t- we chatted for about a half an hour. And one of the things that was funny about that for me was he has been an executive a while, a while and yet now he knows he's getting on another S curve entirely. And we were talking about he you know, he asked what do you recommend? What should I be doing? How should I be dealing with that? Um now, to his great credit, he doesn't need a lot of help from me, but it was pretty cool. And we know that there are managers who have become executives who have become CEOs in our community, and we honor the fact that there are some of you that are managers or new new executives, and you, you fall into the trap, and we don't want you to suddenly say, oh, to heck with email. We're not telling you abandon email, you can't do that. But you should shoot it a little bit. You can't kill it, but you could shoot it a couple <laughs> times and there's like some it. pain upon it. it, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yes, don't send me responses, folks, about yeah. <laughs> that, my knowledge. I know that. Yeah. So what we're going to recommend is you just put another layer to your email management. And and we're just going to say you need to now, if you're not already done this, you need to have a you need to adopt the manager tools guidance on email handling. You cannot survive as an executive if you think you're going to graze on email all day, like all of the multitaskers in the world.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like the Pomodoro method, right? Our our, yeah. our method, you just, you set the timer for 20 minutes, you do email, and then you walk away for 10 minutes, take a break, and then you set the timer for another 20 minutes. You just keep doing that all day long.
1: Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I think the Pomodoro people are going to write you notes and say, how dare you, <laughs> right? Um, no, that's not it. So look, there are two casts. There are a whole bunch of casts we've done. We've probably done 20. In fact, somebody wrote me a few months ago and said, you know, I'd really like more email guidance. And I went and counted it in our map of the universe on the website, my favorite website page. And I said, in one category of email under communications, I found 25 casts about email. Like, yeah, dude, we've done a few, dude. Just go, go listen to those, and call me back in a year when you finished, right? So we have two pieces of guidance out of all those twenty-five that will really make a difference in terms of your transition to an executive. One is email three times a day, and the other is how to get through your email in thirty minutes. Email is a scourge, but it's also a necessary evil, and so we're going to put three times a day, thirty minutes on our calendar every day, standing meeting with ourselves to process email. During that time, do only email and do it all. Don't graze email throughout your day. You may want to claim that your organization has an email culture, but you no longer have the time or the ability to believe that lie. Further, in a way, you're an executive now, and you've got to both send an example of efficiency, but you've also got far more important things to do than getting eaten alive by email. Here's an instance when you can actually use your added role power that you've just gotten. You have the authority now to actually follow your calendar. Use it or lose it. Are you going to lead or are you going to keep doing what you've been doing when your world, your time, and your responsibilities have grown so significantly? Do you want to be the leader that no one hears from because you're, quote, drowning in email, unquote? If you're a leader that no one hears from, you're not a leader. If you're worried about missing an important email in the middle of the day, don't. If it's important, you've reached a level where you'll already know, or someone in your org or a peer will alert you to something. Something, And here's the beauty of that. These are the people who are inefficiently grazing and you're happy to have their help. Another thing, yeah, I, okay, three times a day, people are like, well, I get so much mail, three times a day is not enough. Folks, I've had days, when we were doing things I think I think daily, during the pandemic, I think I did 200 days in a row, I was getting 200 mails a day. I got through all that mail in three 30-minute blocks. First thing in the morning, overnight stuff, middle of the day, and then at the end of the day. And the reason why is because I knew when I started by email, I was going to get through the entire thing. If you're just going to graze, you end up, it's like taking a pitcher of water and pouring it out on the floor. It ends up getting very thin and spreading everywhere, and it fills up all your free time so that you feel like you have no free time, which is an executive's kiss of death because that free time is the time where you can think. Okay. You can absolutely be an assassin when you process your mail. If you set a goal of getting through all your email in 30 minutes, you will magically discover that you can. The reason you haven't up till now is you'll never try. You've never tried. You have this idea that I will do mail throughout the day. Because you think you have to do email all day throughout the day, you then go into your email processing time and you're like, well, I'll get through what I can. And then you become one of those executives by doing email all day, whose people get annoyed when in virtually every conversation when you ha- that you have with your people, your org, you're on your phone constantly, basically telling all your people, you're not important this email I got from this other VP is. And people freaking hate that. They just hate it. And it's not leader-like at all to do it. So, be an executive leader. Shove the necessary task into a time slot, the necessary task being being email, and ignore email the rest of the day. If you're an executive, you're going to spend a lot of time not just communicating, but as we said, persuading. Email is the worst medium to use to be persuasive. The worst. So that's just email, okay? So keep keep on and, and don't try to do faster what you're already doing. Change how you do it and say, okay. I'm going to get through all of it. And and by the way, a great many of these things, when people respond to stuff, you can just delete, just delete it. Yeah. Just delete, oh, just absolutely. delete, 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 delete.
0: Okay, so that sounds, relative to the solutions, that sounds somewhat tactical, right? It's like just operational. Yeah, it how, is. To, how to, What's the, what's the more
1: strategic or ultimate solution to all this? Yeah. And the solution, of course, getting on the path from the passive to the, to the active side and doing outbound comms. That's the ultimate solution. In the long run, you've got to start proactive communicating. You've got to stop responding. Now, I'm not saying you simply don't respond to mail. I'm just saying you make time on your calendar to create proactive communication so that everybody in your organization is responding to you, which is what leaders are supposed to be doing anyway. If you've been a grazer, it's okay in the first couple of weeks to just start the process of shepherding your email into its own little ghetto. That's fine. And look, something else. By all means, don't tell people that when you're handling email during the time you said you would on your calendar for all to see, don't say you're catching up on email. That gives email way too much authority over us. You're not catching up. You're processing mail. You're not behind, therefore requiring you to catch up you're communicating like a leader. You're going through your mail quickly and efficiently. And there's a lot of things you don't need to respond to. But very soon, you have to start communicating about what you intend to achieve in the future. And that's what proactive communications are about. You have to start not just implementing your plans, but communicating incessantly about them. And this is probably the biggest mistake that less experienced uh, executives make and that is they start something they have a great initiative and they do not by definition have a playbook for their communications plan they've got the playbook for the for for the thing they want to do but they're not communicating about it if you want people to start paying attention to your initiatives as opposed to you just being the whip hand all the time and as executive you can't be a whip all the time You have got to communicate and you've got to have those communications all set up and set to go and constantly bombarding and reminding people, this is where we're going. This is how we're going there. And this is what I expect you to do. And again, we could talk, this is why this is the beginning of a series of of casts. And we're going to cover proactive communications in our upcoming cast about communication plans. My point with this cast was really just to focus on identifying the trap for people. We don't have enough time in this cast. We've already been going surely for half an hour to also say, and here's the 75 steps you need to do to right. initiate right, exactly. a communications plan. Yeah. So communications plans are next. Excellent. Yeah. So let me, let me sum up the executive communication trap catches nearly every new executive. If you've recently become an executive, you no doubt already experienced it. <laughs> Welcome to the world. That's okay. Now you have a way out of the trap so you can start leading and not following. Thank you, my friend. That was awesome. My pleasure, as always. It's still fun. I don't know about you. It's still fun.
0: It's still fun. It's, it's still yeah. fun. so fun. We're, we're still doing it in our retirement. So
1: We're, we're retired. <laughs> that's exactly. Now it's not fun. When you say it like that, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Thanks, Barton. All right. Man. We'll see you later.